Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello, Calvary. What a privilege to join you today for your summer speaker series. And just right off the bat, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for making room and allowing me to be able to come and be a part of this service. Uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Susan, my goodness, we love you guys. You are the absolute best. And it was a joy to be with you in person uh, over there in Amsterdam for the uh, Everyone Conference and just grabbing dinner with you guys. You are the best. You are changing the world. And thank you for not only your partnership now, but your partnership through the years and all that you have been doing to be able to make a world of difference. Guys, every single one of you at Calvary right now, I don't know if you're aware of what an impact you are having from BC to the ends of the earth. And missionaries such like myself, we are so grateful for what you're doing. And uh, to, to give you just a, a little glimpse, in IPHC War Missions over the last year, we saw 920 churches planted around the globe. And this is a testimony of what the Lord continues to do through the faithfulness of people like you and uh, your pastors. I know you know you're great. And if you're a first time guest, let me tell you right here, you have amazing pastors, but their vision, their heart, their kindness, their friendship, the difference that they make. My goodness, you are the best in the world. And summer, uh, summer speaker series, uh, I, 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 I'm honored, I'm thrilled. I'm pumped not only to be able to share the word with you but also to know that the holy spirit is weaving in the hearts of incredible people like pastor heather pastor john uh, pastor josh hannah uh, dr mcdonald uh, he just weaving hearts and minds and just being able to speak to you right here in the middle of the year as you have had a great spring you enter into the summer the lord is moving and doing amazing things and you have a moment to be able to kind of slow down and refocus and, and zero in into what the lord will do over the next few months as you close out this 2023 so thank you thank you for the honor of being able to share with you and please know that uh, jessica and i we, we just love you guys uh, we consider calvary or church away from home Home. and just thank you thank you because you are the type of people that embody the best of what we see in the body of Christ as people of hope and as a place of promise so without further ado if you'll be so kind and join me in the book of Exodus we're going to begin to read chapter 30 uh, 13 and we're going to begin in verse 17 Exodus chapter 13 verse 17 a known and perhaps unknown uh, passage of scripture but I think that the Lord uh, will be speaking to us today and he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can think or ask or imagine so join me in the word of the lord exodus 13 verse 17 says when pharaoh let people go god did not lead them by way of the land of the philistine although that was near for god said lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to egypt but god led the people around by way of the wilderness towards the red sea and the people of Israel went out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. 
and they moved on from Sukkot and encamped in the temple on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you because we're here in your house. And thank you because we are here gathered and your Holy Spirit is in the midst of this congregation. And I just pray, Lord, that today you will do in us and through us the impossible, the miraculous, that you will transform our lives so we may be more like your son. And thank you, Jesus, because it is a privilege to be able to come to your word with your people and just hear you. So speak to us in your name. Amen. This passage, um, it's right there in the middle, uh, almost as, as a bit of a bookmark in between very transcendental, history-shattering moments of Israel. Um, it's very important to know where you come from. It's very important to know where you're going. And, and we're going to get to that. But right here, I, I, I would like to also be very transparent with you. Uh, the first time I encountered this passage, I was kind of puzzled. I was, it's almost one of those moments where it's like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Like, this seems so confusing and this seems so puzzling and this seems so, I don't know, almost unlike you. Um, I don't know if you ever had those moments in life when, when you just stop and you're thinking like, what's going on? What, what, what's happening? Um, uh, lately, uh, going to the news, uh, there is a lot of head scratching or you, you, you get an unexpected set of news of work or, or something happens at home and you have that pause and you have that moment where you step back and you're like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? This doesn't really quite make a lot of sense. Uh, maybe you say, Max, why do you say that? Well, when you when you read the narrative, you you find that the moment has arrived for them to exit the land of Egypt, and that there is a straightforward direction to go, a very quick one, a very expeditious one, uh, something that was the best choice, effective, efficient, quick, and they were prepared for it. But God took them the long way around, the roundabout way, by way of the desert. Does that make sense, does it? Unless, unless when it doesn't make sense, it makes perfect sense. Let's see, let's backtrack. We arrived to this uh, moment knowing that the Israelites had spent 400 years in the land of Egypt. They, they have come when, in the middle of the famine, when Joseph was actually number two um, serving Pharaoh, and there was a famine across the land, all over the world. They were coming to buy grain and buy food from Egypt, and those brothers that had sold Joseph now are being reunited, and in the moment of great despair and desperation, God in a very mysterious way, had positioned a door for salvation right there with Joseph working for Pharaoh. And they gathered the family. They were given the best of the land. And the Israelites grew and they multiplied. 
But you know how the story went. Then, uh, as the Israelites grew and multiplied and they became stronger, the powers of Egypt being, began to be intimidated by them, saying, at any given point, these, these Hebrews could turn on us and, and take over the country. So then they enslaved them. And 400 years have gone by. 400 years of hearing promises and 400 years of crying out for God to deliver them and 400 years of just suffering and toil and pain. And you have gotten to the point where all that remains of the glory days and of the days of the promise are the dry bones of Joseph in a bag. But we we read it, there was a promise. And he has said, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. So even though in the midst of despair, even though in the midst of brokenness, even though in the midst of the desolation and the desperation, in a world filled with drama and trauma, they still were carrying a promise. Deep within them, there was a heartbeat of a knowledge that we are the people of God. We are a peculiar nation. We are the sons of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. We are Israel. And at some point, that promise will come to fruition. And then Moses sweeps into the scene. We, we, we know his story. Uh, after that time in Madian, he returns and, and this Savior um, just begins to perform signs and wonders and miracles unlike they have ever experienced before. And we, we don't have time for this, but something that I always enjoyed doing with uh, young leaders and young ministers that were talking about, about like the reality of God. We just walk promise after promise, but we also go deity after deity and plague by plague. And it's a direct direct match that every single plague that God sent, is you can connect it to a promise, but you can also connect it to a deity of Egypt where God was reminding his people, yes, you may have seen these false idols all around, but I am who I am. I am Yahweh. I am the one that you have been waiting for. And I am the one who will keep his promise. And here I am displaying my power. And he does. He displays his power. They gather goods from Egypt. They gather all the stuff and they're saying, we are ready. We have waited 400 years. Let's go straight into the battle. Let's go straight into the land. Let's take hold of what God has promised. We are ready. And here's where it doesn't make sense. After centuries of waiting, after the mighty displays of God's power, after even Pharaoh himself saying, go, God does the unexpected. He doesn't do what they were hoping he would do. Rather than leading them straight into the promised land, he takes them their roundabout way. He takes them by way of the desert. You see, so many times you and I may be right here in the practical application of this passage. We have been praying. We have been believing. We have been preparing ourselves. We have been thinking, God, I have done absolutely everything that you have told me to do. 
Why am I here? Why am I in this spot? Why is this taking place? Why has this promise not been fulfilled? And, and, and we begin to look at God's promises and we begin to think, this is just never going to happen. And we begin to give up in what God has entrusted us. Maybe right here in, in this month of August, you're sitting right there in the church, or maybe you're watching this sermon online and you're thinking, when is the fulfillment of what God has said actually going to come to pass? When I can see it, it's right there. I could just walk right into it. God, why are you delaying? Why are you just moving this, this diversion? Why are you harming me? And I would like to say to you that we know what we know, but we don't know what we don't know. But God knows what we know, but he also knows what we don't know. And I'm not trying to do a tongue twister here. What I'm trying to illustrate is that so many times what we discern that is a delay from God is in fact a moment of deliverance. You see, the Israelites knew, and they were, uh, the passage tells us, equipped for battle. And they knew that if they went straight in that direction, they would have to go right through the land of the Philistines. And they knew that, man... There's about 5 million of us. There are some people that can fight. We have been working. We have been building. We have been gathering. We have been doing all these bricks and this and that. We are fit. We are strong. We can take them. You see, they knew what they knew. And to them, the path forward was very clear. What they didn't know is that if they would have gone straight into the land of the Philistines, they were going to be in an absolute death trap. Why? Because what the Israelites didn't know is that Pharaoh was going to change his mind. And that after they left, he was going to say, uh-uh, absolutely not. And he was going to gather his chariots. He was going to gather his armies and they were going to pursue. So what the Israelites thought, I prepare myself for this hour. I prepare myself for this moment and I am ready for the Philistines would have been a sandwich when, when one army will be coming from the front side and then another army will be coming from the rear guard and they were going to be sandwiched by two world powers and would have been the end of the promise. God's temporary delay was actually a mighty moment of deliverance. You see, so many of us, we believe that we are ready for that promotion or, or we're ready to take that step in ministry or we are ready to be able to go ahead and move forward with this purchase. Or there are so many facets in our lives where we know what God has promised and we know what God has said, but we are yet to be able to discern the perfect timing for how God is intended to bring forth a promise in his life. And we're getting frustrated and aggravated and we're saying, God, this doesn't make sense. And we believe that this season of waiting is just wasting time. And we're getting so frustrated at God because it doesn't make sense. But in reality, God is trying to preserve the promise that he has given you. He is trying to visit you, to prepare you and equip you. But he's taking you in this journey to be able to get you precisely to the place where you can experience the full extent of his deliverance and salvation. Why do I say that? Because if they would have gone straight 
battle the Philistines. Even if the Egyptians arrived a little bit later, this problem was still gonna be chasing them and pursuing them. The anger and the frustration of the Egyptians were gonna be there and remain forever. However, God was trying to make a definitive statement of his deliverance to them. And we know how the story ended after they crossed the Red Sea and the waters closed in on top of the Egyptians. The Lord says to Moses, this army you will never see again. And that's when Moses sang the song of deliverance and, and Anna is singing right there alongside him and Miriam is singing alongside him. And we, we see this beauty, beautiful testimony of the Lord's sovereignty. You see, some of us don't realize that even though we are ready to move forward, there are certain things that are still chasing us. And if we get there to that place where we know that God's promise is waiting for us, but we have not given God enough time and room to work in our lives and to be able to mold our lives and to be able to address some of the things from our past that are still chasing us, it's going to catch up with us and it's going to be a disaster. So God trying to preserve His promise He's doing something that perhaps doesn't really make sense. The other thing that I notice when I look at this passage is a change of dynamics. You see, the, the Israelites were accustomed to be able to just get up in the morning, go do the slave work, and then go back at night, try to rest some, to be able to go back and do the same thing over and over and over. But here, their dependency was no longer on what the Egyptians could or could not provide for them, or could or could not facilitate for them, or the schedule that the system of Egypt had set up for them, but rather they were moving into an era where God's provision and grace and sufficiency is trying to bring a new rhythm and a new pace into their lives where at any given moment there could be activity that is divinely initiated in their life whether it be by day or whether it be by night there is the potential of the supernatural direction of God to move them into activity. You see, God was trying to move them from a slave lifestyle where everything was predetermined by the system of the world to a freedom and, and, and just an enjoyment of God's capacity to be able to bring into their life a rhythm that is directed by the move of His Spirit. Because that cloud by, by day bringing protection, that fire by night being in direction and warmth, it's absolutely an image of some of the things that God is trying to help us to realize that if we can trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not in our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge Him, He can direct our path. You see, God is far more committed to you and I, His people, reaching the place that He has prepared for us than even we are ourselves. And God has been divinely orchestrating in your life a series of steps for you to be able to walk into and enjoy the fullness of what He has for you if you are to trust His divine providence for your life. I may mean, say, Max, what are you talking about? Well, I am talking with something as simple as knowing that the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord, or even what Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, that He knows the plans that He has for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. You see, the Lord delights in our walk and He is so committed to walk with us, to be able to bring forth a new rhythm of His activity in our life that is completely unlike anything we have experienced in the past in our life in Egypt.
That's why promises such as signs and wonders will follow those who believe. That's why even when Jesus is talking to his disciples saying, hey, go forth and share the good news with everyone. Proclaim that the kingdom is at hand. He told them, hey, you're going to be able to walk over fires. You're going to just eat stuff that may be harmful and it's going to do nothing to you. Even if a, if, a, if a snake gets you, you'll be okay. You'll handle it because I'm trying to move you into the fullness of what I have for you. You see, some of us feel that our life makes no sense and that what God is doing makes no sense is because we have grown so accustomed uh, to a rhythm of the mundane, to a rhythm of the routine, to a rhythm of almost like that slave style of living. That is, we're going to work, we're going to go home, and that's it. But God's promise for you and God's promise for me is far beyond that type of life. He said, I have for you a life more abundant, a life filled with adventure, a life filled with excitement, a life filled with the potential of heaven being able to invade earth through you. And if you will just be prepared for the unexpected, be prepared for the non-conventional, be prepared for that which doesn't make sense, maybe, just maybe, God could use you and could use me to change our community and to change our neighborhoods. You see, it wasn't just about getting them out of Egypt, but it was also about getting Egypt out of them, helping them to realize you no longer depend on just the kindness and the goodness of a Pharaoh that has enslaved you, but now you are returning to me, to the great I am, to Jehovah, your provider, your banner, your shelter, your healer, the crown of glory over your head, the one who will see to it. You are now living under a different banner. And my love and my grace and my sufficiency expressed on your behalf can change the rhythm and the pattern of activity in your life. You see, I believe that some of us, maybe in the middle of this summer series, when, when some of us have an opportunity to take some days away, I just uh, had an opportunity to spend some time in the mountains with my family, or maybe some of us are having uh, to re-gear our, our heart and our mind and our, uh, and our just mindset for a new year of school, those of you who are studying, uh, or maybe uh, you're looking at some transitions in your job and, and we have given it some thought to the pattern or the schedule or the rhythm of what we think is the right thing. But what if in this summer series God could say to you, hey, how about a liter? Almost makes me think of the Lord of the Rings where uh, you see that invitation to go on an adventure. What if God is trying to do the unexpected, what doesn't make sense, to bring deliverance to your life or maybe to change the rhythms of your life? Why? Because I believe ultimately that if we are to understand the desires of God for his world is for no one to perish, but for everyone to experience everlasting life. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you and I and him and her and the person behind you and the person in your neighborhood and the person in your job and every single person on this earth to not perish but to be able to have life. 
We know that he did not come into this world to condemn the world, but for the world to be saved. However, God chose to bring about his good news in a very unique way. He did not choose angels to just fly across the heavens and blow a trumpet and display a, a message like he did that night in Bethlehem when the shepherds heard the announcement that the baby was being born. That would have been great, but that's not the way God chose to do it. God has also not chosen just to invade our, our feeds and our timelines and just to do it through social media or the news or printed media. There is no conventional or unconventional way of communication that you can think of that is God's chosen method beyond people. You or I, individuals, that maybe we were a bit like those Israelites that were walking out of Egypt that day that had been in bondage and had been enslaved and had brokenness and pain and hurts in their lives, but now they were getting an opportunity to walk out into a new future, knowing that God's got them. Maybe some of us that have experienced that are needing for God to establish a different rhythm to our life. Why? Because He's trying to make sure that everyone gets to know Him. And it's through you, and it's to me, it's through His people. You see, the reason that Israel was coming out of Egypt was not just only for their deliverance sake. And, and I was trying to hope, I was hoping to get to this place that many times we're a little narrow-minded when we look at Exodus and we look at this great miracle because it was not just for them to get out of Egypt, but there was a seed, there was a promise, there was a plan in, the, in that people that was right there in Egypt, right then, you have the lineage of the Messiah. You have this nation, Israel, that was meant to be a light to the world. You had this people group that he had established to be able to display his glory, to be able to display his kindness, to be able to display his goodness. You see, as long as Israel remained in Egypt, the promise was trapped and, and, and walled into the reality of the system of the world. But the moment that they were able to get out and the moment that they realized it's not going to be the way you think, but I am, I am trying to crack a pretty good plan out. And the moment that you change the rhythms of your activity and you make room for the supernatural, at that moment, my promise can begin to come forth and my plan can be fulfilled and I can actually use you to be all that you have been called to be because I created you for more and I established you for more and you are meant for more and the world will see my goodness and my kindness and my grace and my mercy and my deliverance the moment that you remember that you are not just a bunch of slaves going to the mine every day trying to get the job done but that you are a peculiar people that I have called by name, that I have set aside for this hour, that I have anointed for a particular purpose, and that you are who I say you are, and that you can do what I say you can do. You see, the process of the Exodus 
all the way from the miracles in the ten plagues and, and the discourses that Moses preached to the miracle of the parting of the waters and the company of the cloud and the company of the column of fire and the, the reception of the law when, when they got right there at the foothills of Sinai or every single day being able to see manna, that what is that exemplified the goodness of God and time after time after time until the entrance of the promised land was simply to remind a group of people that had spent a season for them for a hundred years but that had spent a season being told that they were not and they could not and that that was the word it was to understand you are you can you have been called saved chosen delivered anointed and established for so much more and here I'm coming to you, Calvary, with love and appreciation for all the great things that you have done, but also saying to you, in the name of the Lord, you are meant for more. There is so much more that God has for you if you will walk out of some of the rhythms and some of the systems that you have allowed yourself to be in in your everyday life and you will make room for the rhythm of the Holy Spirit to be able to just operate through you. That job that you're in, man, there is so much potential there for heaven to be manifested. That school, the university that you attended, that could be absolutely a depot of heaven because you are there. That family member, that person you ride transport with, every single situation of life has the potential for you and I to be able to change someone's life. You are meant for more. And that's why perhaps sometimes what God does in our lives doesn't seem to make sense because we are looking too near and we're looking in a way that is one-dimensional. But maybe, just maybe, God's activity in our life seems to be so disruptive because God's trying to unchain you and unleash you and release you to be able to be the fullness of who has He created you to be. And the one-track mind that you have been living in is slowing down that purpose. So He's trying to bring you to a place where you can see what He can do. And He can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can think or ask or imagine because his power is at work through you. So in conclusion, it doesn't make sense for you to continue to allow the mundane and the ordinary and the common rhythms of this world to trap in the incredible potential that God has deposited in you. And today can be a new beginning. Perhaps you're struggling with something, there is a situation in your life that you feel, I don't know how this is ever going to change. Today is the day where you could have your own personal exodus and walk out of there knowing that God has got you. Perhaps some of us are here today thinking, well, I was thinking that God should have done X, Y, and Z, and I was a little bitter about it. But today I understand, no, He wasn't delaying me. He was delivering me. That relationship, that job situation, that personal struggle. Man, I can see that God had something better for me. And I'm ready to walk into the fullness of His promise. Perhaps some of us come here and we have been hesitant 
we, we carry a promise that we are almost hiding like a bag of dry bones saying, I, I don't want for anybody to see this. But today you're saying, man, I need for God to visit me and to bring back new life into what I know he has called me to be and I am ready to walk into it. Or perhaps you're here today and you have heard the worship and, and you have been around people and, and, and maybe you're hearing this message you're saying, it makes sort of sense, but I really don't know where I'm at. I just arrived. Let me tell you something for you. God loves you. He cares for you. And He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And today, a new rhythm and a new life can begin if you receive Him in your heart. So whether you're struggling with something or you know that God's calling you out or perhaps you're just ready to come in and be a part of his family, let's embrace a new rhythm of the supernatural in our lives because God can, he will, and he intends to make this happen through you. All you have to do is to allow him to take you the roundabout way into your promise. And Jesus I just believe that you have been speaking to many of us. And I believe that there are some of us that today, some chains need to be broken off our lives. So will you do it right now in your precious name? Some of us need to be able to step out from bondage into the freedom that you can give. Jesus, some of us today just need to embrace your call and be all that you have called us to be and walk out of that slave mindset of routine and mundane into the rhythm of your grace. Allow us to do so. And Lord, I also know that you see the one. Maybe there is one boy, one girl, one woman. Maybe there is one guy that today say, Jesus, I need you in my life for the very first time. Will you do it, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen.